Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, there is none that can interpret it, and I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. So it's interesting here. So here Joseph is standing there before Pharaoh, first meets him for the first time. And Pharaoh doesn't take any time to ask Joseph how he is. Where, 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 tell me about your family. Tell me about your background. No niceties at all, you know. <laughs> no small talk. <laughs> Pharaoh immediately launches into the problem. And as Pharaoh does this, we can hear a desperacy in Pharaoh's voice in verse 15. As he said, I've dreamed a dream. Oh, you know, we can hear this stronger lamentation. And he goes on, he says, there's none that can interpret it all. You know, and, and so Pharaoh didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say that last part. There's none that can interpret it. I mean, Pharaoh's the king of Egypt. He didn't have to confess to Joseph that he was desperate. No one could do it. All he had to do was act proudly and, and, and to tell this dreams to Joseph and command Joseph to interpret them. And that would have been what Pharaoh would have done if Pharaoh at this point was proud and arrogant. But Pharaoh is not this way. Pharaoh is humbled. So Pharaoh makes a public confession before Joseph that he's desperate, that he's tormented by these dreams, and he's willing to do anything. Even to humble himself before Joseph, the slave prisoner foreigner, to have his dreams interpreted. So When Pharaoh says to Joseph in verse 15, there's none that can interpret it, Pharaoh is like begging Joseph, please help me by giving me the interpretation of my dreams. When he says this in verse 15, there's none that can interpret it, Pharaoh's repenting of his religion and his gods, and he's saying, I'm ready for a big change in my life. And and, and he hopes that Joseph can help him make that change. I mean, what we see happening here with Pharaoh is what must happen to anyone who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. As there was with Pharaoh, there must be an earthquake in the soul, a repentance where a person sees, I've been so wrong in my life. And they're ready for a big change of making the Lord Jesus Christ their God and their Savior. And we've already seen that Joseph is a very sensitive person. You know, he, don't forget, Joseph is this one who came to the butler and the baker in the prison, and he was so sensitive. He said, why are you so, look so sadly today in the last chapter? So he sees this. Joseph has this ability to feel what people are feeling. And so he feels, Pharaoh is in distress. 
And, and Joseph feels this distress and he really wants to help Pharaoh. So when Pharaoh said in verse 15, there's none that can interpret it, we can see Pharaoh looking at all the magicians and all the wise men and said, there's none, none of them, not one of them can help me here. And, he's, and we can just picture him sweeping his hand. There's none. This is Egypt. This is all the magicians, all the wise men. This is the best. It's the elite. This is Egypt. There's none that can interpret it. It's as if he's saying, none of these can interpret it. And now Pharaoh, I mean, so he waves his hand across it, and then he pivots over to Joseph from the wise men and from the Egyptians. He pivots to Joseph, and he says in verse 15, but I've heard say of thee, <laughs> that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Literally in the Hebrew it's reading, I've heard say that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So when Pharaoh says this, I've heard say of thee, that thou canst you know, <clears throat> interpret a dream. That was a perfect setup for Joseph to take the bait of pride. You know, Pharaoh gave Joseph a perfect opportunity for Joseph to glorify himself, for Joseph to say, I'm really not bad at it, pretty good. <laughs> I bat pretty well, actually, you know, my bad, that's not bad. But he's really wanting, he, and, and keep in mind now, Joseph really doesn't want to return to that prison. So if, if, if Joseph could just take a little bit of credit for interpreting dreams, it might help Joseph to, to, to not go back to prison. See, these are the things that are pressuring Joseph at this time. But Joseph says, nothing doing. I'll have nothing to do with it. There's no way I'm going to take any credit for myself. I flat out right refuse to glorify myself. That's our boy. That's Joseph. Now we read how Joseph now replies in verse 16. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Oh, this is the beautiful simplicity of Joseph again. I mean, you love Joseph. Joseph doesn't make any long speech. <laughs> you like him because he doesn't make a long speech. He doesn't take the opportunity to glorify himself. He, he, he doesn't plead, you know, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And I, you know, he doesn't say, I didn't do anything to be in that dungeon. He doesn't do any of that. He, he, he doesn't say to himself, wow, I got some valuable FaceTime with Pharaoh. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to get him to commute my sentence. He doesn't plead for his own personal liberty. But Joseph has just heard that, that, that Pharaoh is going to, to take God's glory and give it to Joseph. And that makes the hair stand up on the back of Joseph's neck. And he says, no, no, is a quick response. No, it's not in me. Joseph is saying, I can't do it, but God can. And this is not in my power to interpret your dreams, but it's in God's power. And this is beautiful about Joseph because this is exactly what he told his fellow prisoners of the baker and the butler in Genesis 40, verse 8, in the previous chapter, verse 8, when they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream and there's no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. So in prison, Joseph is pointing the prisoners to God. And before Pharaoh, Joseph is pointing Pharaoh to God. He's doing the same thing. What this is showing us is that Joseph is, Joseph is the same Joseph. Whether he's at home 
whether he's in the prison, whether he's in Potiphar's house, whether he's in the palace, he's pointing people to God. And that shows Joseph never changed. He never changed. When he was at home, he pointed his people to God. When he was in Potiphar's house, he says to the wife, how can I do this great wickedness before God? He's pointing people to God. When he's in prison, the prisoners, you're not interpretations, belong to God. He's pointing people to God. And he's before Pharaoh, and he's standing alone. He's standing alone now for God. His situations have changed, but Joseph never changes. This is the tragedy with so many young Christians when they go off to college. They change, and they become like the crowd, and they don't stand alone for God, not like Joseph. But we see Joseph here pointing Pharaoh away from Joseph and pointing Pharaoh to God. So when Joseph says, it's not in me, Joseph is in in essence saying, not I, but Christ. This is the meaning of Galatians 2.20. When it says, I, he could have said this to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I'm dead. (laughs) I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I am living. Not, Not I, but Christ lives in me. And, and, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when he says in verse 16, it's not in me, he's really showing himself as a qualified servant of God. No person is qualified to be a servant of God unless, he's not, unless he is not keenly aware of his own inadequacy to do the work of God. If a person says, you know, I can do this, I can do this work because, you know, it's in me. I have natural abilities. Then he's not qualified to do God's work. Joseph didn't say, it's in me. It's actually in me to interpret these, your dreams. He didn't say that. But what he says in verse 16, it's not in me. He's taking a life position. Joseph is taking a life position of being a receiver. I am a receiver of God's gifts. That's an important position to take in life. For us to take this life position of being a receiver of God's gifts, it brings us to humility before God and it brings us to being thankful to God. To not have that life position of being a receiver of God's gifts is to be proud and not thankful. I mean, notice how this is called glory, self-glory in 1 Corinthians 4.7. 1 Corinthians 4.7 says, who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou hast didst not receive? Now, if thou dost receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? You know, at Scanabodies, every piece of equipment has a label on it with an ID number, and it says, you know, this is the property of Scanabodies. To have a life position of being a receiver from God is to look at everything that we have in, in our mind, put a label on it that says property of God. And we're just the receiver of it. That's why Paul says, what, what do you have that you didn't receive? And if you received it, why are you proud of it as if you didn't receive it? Now, we see Joseph here. He looks at Pharaoh and he says, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So Joseph saw Pharaoh needed peace. And so Joseph assured Pharaoh that God would give him an answer of peace. Here's a question for you. Why was Pharaoh afraid? Why did Joseph say that to Pharaoh? God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Why was he afraid? Okay, when Joseph came, Pharaoh was especially afraid and disturbed. 
because Joseph, and Joseph saw this, that Pharaoh was, was afraid when he came. And so, you know, he was just a slave foreigner. I mean, why should the ruler of Egypt be afraid of a slave prisoner foreigner? Well, okay. Well, one thing we know he's afraid because the dreams disturbed him, right? It says in verse 8, he, his spirit was troubled, okay? Now, let me ask you, so why was Pharaoh afraid particularly when Joseph came? Okay, why was the baker afraid to tell Joseph his dream in verse 16 of the previous chapter, Genesis 40, verse 16, Genesis 40, verse 16? Why was the baker afraid when it says, when the, baker, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good? What was he afraid of? He might have a bad interpretation, right? Is what you were saying. Okay, so in verse 13 of this chapter, what were the last words that Pharaoh heard about the outcome of Joseph's interpretations of dreams? Yeah, him he hanged. Okay, that's the last thing he hears about Joseph, and then Joseph appears on the scene. So he understood that Joseph, as a dream interpreter, bats 50% for good dream outcomes. <laughs> and Pharaoh's afraid that the interpretation of his dreams might fall on the bad side of the 50% batting average, right? So, so Joseph saw that, that, he sees that, and so when Joseph says to Pharaoh, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace, Joseph is telling Pharaoh, don't worry, don't worry. Joseph is assuring Pharaoh that he would just, he, he's going to have a good outcome for the interpretation of his dreams. This back and forth conversation is so interesting between verses 15 and 16, between Pharaoh and Joseph. It's really interesting. In verse 15, Pharaoh says to Joseph, there's none that can interpret it. And then in verse 16, Joseph says, me neither. <laughs> I can't interpret it either, your dream either, but God can. And verse 15 Pharaoh says to Joseph, I've dreamed a dream. And Joseph hears how troubled he is. And then in verse 16, he says, I can't give you peace either. Don't expect that from me, but God can. And God will give you an answer of peace. Now, what we see Joseph doing here is, is, is giving to Pharaoh redirection. As a matter of fact, we can call Joseph the redirector to God. He's redirecting people to God. What, he's doing a simple message, which is the same message we need to give to the lost. It's three words. You need God. And that's what he's saying here. You need God. Pharaoh at first is saying, none in Egypt can interpret my dream. And Joseph in essence is saying, no, they can't. You need God. And he's saying, I've heard that you can interpret a dream. And Joseph in essence is saying, no, I can't. You need God. And so this is also hard for Pharaoh because it's just much easier for Pharaoh to trust in magicians and wise men that he can see rather than God he can't see. And so Joseph told Pharaoh, you need to trust in God you can't see. And it was so much, it'd be so much easier for, for Pharaoh to trust in Joseph who he could see. And, but, but Joseph says to, to Pharaoh, no, you need to trust in God that you can't see. And this is this redirection to God that Joseph is doing here with Pharaoh. And it's a constant battle for Joseph to redirect Pharaoh to God. But, but he, he's, that's what he is. Joseph is a redirector to God. And this is what we have to be in our witness to the lost. We've got to be the redirector to God, telling the, the lost always, you need God, you need God, you need God. Now, at this point, Pharaoh is so desperate, he's taking the position, whatever. 
And he just, he doesn't even argue or anything like that. You know, okay, not in you, God, whatever. And he launches off into telling Joseph his dream or dreams in verses 17 through 24. Now, listen carefully to, to, to because you already heard how he told the magicians. Listen carefully for differences between what he told the magicians and what he tells Joseph when he says in Genesis 41, 17, 41, 17, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, in my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river and behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed, well-favored, they fed in a meadow and behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor, very ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I had never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. The lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind, and when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored at the beginning. So I awoke. I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears of corn came up in one stock full and good, etc. Okay, so Pharaoh starts to tell Joseph his dream, and the first point he emphasizes is that I saw myself. I saw myself. Pharaoh said unto Joseph in my dream in verse 17, behold, I stood. It shows why he's so upset, why Joseph, Pharaoh's so upset. He, it, it's not just an interesting observation. Oh, that's fascinating, you know. No, he, he, he saw himself there. It was personal to him. Okay, now when Pharaoh tells his first dream to Joseph, it's essentially the same to the magicians and the, the, the wise men, but there's two additional points that are very important, that, and, and it shows us he's been thinking about it. What are those two points? The two differences. Verse 19 is the first point. Yeah, he says, I never seen cows like this before. <laughs> he says, I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. I never seen anything like this before. And then verse 20, what was the other point that wasn't in the account to the magicians? That's it. When they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them. See, there are very two very important details here in this dream that indicate that since the bad, malnourished cows indicated the coming famine, this was going to, so the first detail is like, this was going to be a famine like Egypt has never seen before. And, this, and the, since the bad, malnourished cows did not change from eating the good fat cows, it indicated that the good years of plenty would have no effect on staving off the hunger during the, during the, during the famine. So when, when, and then when Pharaoh finishes telling his dream to Joseph, he caps it off again in verse 24. But there was none that could declare it to me. Here again, he's setting up this contest between all these magicians and, and the wise men that are standing there and Joseph. And he's really, what Pharaoh's saying is that, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really very, Unimpressed with the performance of all these magicians and, 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 and the Egyptian religion here. Unimpressed. And I'm ready for a revolutionary change right now. So, so, so he's saying to Joseph, there. Now you have the same information. Only it was a little bit different, but okay. You have the same information they had. They all failed. Your turn. <laughs> so yeah, you think that would have made somebody nervous? <laughs> Here's the king of Egypt who's known for hanging people that he gets angry with. He's really upset. That's a dangerous time. And he's just set up Joseph against all this most elite in Egypt and against all the religion of Egypt. And you know what's so beautiful about Joseph is his response. He just, verse 25, Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. 
See, all this pressure that's on Joseph, and Joseph, he speaks in, he's in stark contrast to all these magicians and wise men. He speaks calmly. There's no flamboyance. There's no fire. There's no smoke. There's no magic dust. There's no cutting of herbs. There's no lancing himself. There's no chanting. There's no dancing. There's no calling on spirits. There's no incantations. There's none of that. He just speaks calmly. He gets right to the point. A very clear, rational progression from point to point in a simple way that Pharaoh can understand it. Now, Joseph, as the great redirector to God, he starts his work of interpreting this to Pharaoh his dream, and he does so by directing him to God. And there's something very important that Joseph says to Pharaoh in verses 25 and 28. You can't see it in any English translation because none of them did it. But in Hebrew, it's very clear because there's one simple word that's not translated in, 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 in English. And, and, and he says, see, in verse 16, when, Pharaoh, when Joseph says to Pharaoh, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace, what he's saying is that Elohim shall give, God, shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And that's how Joseph calls God, Elohim. But in verse 25 and 28, it looks the same. It just says, in English, it says God. It's, but there's a, there's a word that's missing there. In verse 25, it says, God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. And in verse 28, it says what God is about to do. In, this, in these verses here, Joseph did not call God just Elohim. The very important word that's missing in the English is, is the word that comes before Elohim. It's the word ha, which means the so he says, the God. See, in verse 16, Joseph starts off in his teaching, God, Elohim. But when he gets down to the bottom here in verse 28 and 20, 25, 25 and 28, Joseph calls God the Elohim. And, that, and, and, that, and that's the way it reads, verse 25. Ha, Elohim. The God has showed, ha, the God is, has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. Verse 28, ha, Elohim, what Ha Elohim, what God is about to do. Now, how Ha Elohim, is, this isn't the only time it appears over 350 times in the Old Testament, but every time it does, it emphasizes the truth of Isaiah 44, 6. Isaiah 44, 6, where it says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Joseph is standing in the land that's full of the great statues. Many of them we have today to go see uh, as tourists. Statues of false gods. He's in the land of idolatry. Pharaoh needs to turn away from all these false gods. So by using the, the, the word ha as the in front of Elohim, Joseph is saying to Pharaoh, you need to turn away from all these false gods. You need to the, turn to the one and true, only true God, Ha Elohim, as revealed by Jehovah, Jehovah Jesus. So this is, this is the great work of Joseph as he um, works now with Pharaoh. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Joseph. Thank you, Lord, for the example that he is. Thank you for, oh, to be like a Joseph. Lord, help it to be so with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.
tomcantor.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.